Hey everyone, it's Rob B with Rob D. And let's do it. It's time to review our predictions for this year. After how this year has panned out, I'm terrified. Welcome to The Property Podcast. This is the show where we try to pass on some of what we've learned from spending all day every day with our team immersed in the world of property, advising a fund, putting together hundreds of deals a year. And this is the show where we find out if that actually counts for anything. Does doing this for a living mean we have any ability to predict what's going to happen in the year ahead? You're about to find out and it may not be pretty. Right, it's time for our news story of the week, and it's good news. Yes, it's getting close to Christmas, so we've got to bring you good news, right? And this one may be a surprise for many, but property prices are up again, keyword again, according to Halifax. What have we got? Yes, as we reported on last week's market update nationwide, showing house prices rising two months in a row now, Halifax data has come out since then, showing the same thing. The two main indices were showing different data from each other earlier this year, but now they've converged again. So Halifax is showing the house prices up half a percent in November, meaning that by their index, property prices have fallen by just 1% on an annual basis. Now, we're going to be going into our predictions in a minute. We always use Nationwide to judge our predictions against that. But Halifax, always interesting to keep an eye on as well. But what does all this mean for next year? Does this mean that the crash that was meant to happen didn't happen and never will? Or is it just going to be late? Well, unfortunately, we're going to have to take a stab at that in our predictions episode next year. And in our first episode back in January, we're going to be joined by some experts from across the industry giving their predictions. And I'm glad they're going first because next year is not going to be an easy one to call. We are getting oh so close to Christmas Day now. And if you haven't yet identified the perfect gift for the property lover in your life, help yourself. Hey, treat yourself. Why not? Then you can start a subscription to the Property Hub magazine. And this is your last chance to get in before we put the prices up in January. The first price increase we've had in about seven years, I believe. And you can beat it by starting your subscription now. You'll get six issues per year through your letterbox, plus something like 40 odd issues of our digital back catalogue instantly for just 30 pounds, which is insane value. So make sure you take advantage by visiting propertyhub.net slash magazine. We can't delay it any longer. It is time for us to review our predictions for 2023. And I think before we start, and I'm not getting any excuses in, I just think it's fair to recognise that this has been a really bonkers year for, well, the world and property prices in particular, because so much has happened. We've had record levels of inflation. We've had interest rates shoot up from an, a historic low. So much has happened. And obviously, that's had a big impact on the market. But we still made our predictions. So we want to review them. And that will leave you to decide <laughs> by the end of this episode, should I actually listen to anything these guys say? We'll find out. First up, we always cover off our top performing areas. Now, historically, we've done very, very well here. And actually, if we've built up any credibility, which there's not a lot, but if we've built up any credibility, it's been our accuracy in this area over the years and picking areas sometimes that others are ignoring and that have done very well. So how have we done this year? Let's listen back to the areas that we predicted would be the best performing this year. So my main three are Nottingham, Birmingham and Manchester. They've been up there recently. 
I don't think anything's going to change there. And as a slightly longer shot, I'm going to throw Cardiff into the mix. Mine are also Nottingham, Birmingham and Manchester. But the one I would add to the mix is Derby. Let's stop the podcast, Rob. I think we know all we need to know. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) That'll do. That'll do. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Um, Yeah, Nottingham is number one. Birmingham is number two. That We both picked those as our top choices. We both went for Manchester as our third. Sheffield, in fact, is our third, but Manchester in fifth. So we didn't quite nail the one, two, three, but we're not far off. Nice to see Sheffield up there as well. It's always felt like it's a bit of an underperformer, waiting for its time to come. I mentioned Cardiff as my longer shot. Yeah, sort of. Eighth. Not going to claim any real credit for that. And Rob, you mentioned Derby. The home track data for Derby, along with other cities outside the core 20 of the track, only come out quarterly. So I don't think we've really got enough data to say how Derby has performed. But we know from everything that we've been doing on the ground there that it's been doing very well. So yeah, positive start. Very positive start. And I'll continue to pick areas we can't measure, so I can't be wrong. <laughs> that sounds like a great plan. But to pick those areas and to be right on number one and number two and not far off with Manchester at, at fifth, that's a great start. Let's move on. Next, we made our predictions on UK property prices as a whole. I'm not looking forward to this. I think it will be marginally up. And I think it will be around 2%. And I'm going to give myself a 2% swing either way. So as much as up by 4%, which may sound pretty optimistic, or zero, flat. What I've got is plus or minus 2%. So I'm giving myself the same range that you are, but just a little bit lower. So I think it could be as high as plus 2 or as low as minus 2. Okay, well, I need to leave because I was very much wrong. But Rob... I was struggling to actually believe it's true, but you actually seem to be right here. Can we get a ding, ding, ding? You can't get a ding, ding, ding. Can we get like some fireworks, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, this was looking so ropey for most of the year. Then the last couple of months, it's pulled itself back. So it's sneaking in at the very bottom end of my range. I went and said it could be as low as minus two. The actual November to November annual is minus two. The year to date, so January to November this year, is minus one and a half. So as long as December's nationwide data shows less than a 0.5% fall, and the last two months have been in an uptrend, remember, then I'll be okay. So I can't quite claim this yet because we don't have the last month of data, but we can at least say it's not embarrassing. Oh, no, I'll give you that, Rob. We do this recorded at the same time every year, and normally we stop it at this point each year. So I'm giving you a tick for that one. That is phenomenal. Congratulations. A great prediction. My base level of zero flat was a bit optimistic. That's fine. But I went on for some reason, Rob, to start mapping out the year and (laughs) decided that I could predict how the whole year would pan out. And this is what I had to say. The way it looks to me is that Q1 will be the worst quarter of the year for property prices. And I've been closely followed by Q2. And then I think the second half of the year will be stronger. And that's where I feel we can get back to the sort of positive territory, if it has indeed fallen at that point, that I've based my prediction on. Well, you might not have got the number right, but that wasn't too far off. You said Q1 would be the worst followed by Q2. I think that was right. 
Second half of the year stronger? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there was an iffy moment around, I think it was June or July when there was an inflation surprise and mortgage rates spiked again. So that meant that it wasn't really into the back end of the third quarter into the fourth that things just really started looking up. But I don't think we can expect to nail it to the exact month. So I think it's pretty impressive. Yeah, I may have slightly redeemed myself there. I'm pretty happy with that. Now for possibly what feels like the easiest prediction we make each year, which is talking about London. And each year we make predictions on London property prices. And we were aligned with our predictions, which were? I think London as a region is going to be the worst performer this year. And I think on home track, London is going to be one of the bottom three cities in the list. I agree with you. And I'll just add to that, that I think London will fall in value this year. And Rob, correct. Like I said, that's the easy one to make. It feels easy to make that one. Some of the predictions we make, some of the ones we've listened to already, feel very intimidating and it's really hard to come up with a prediction. But this one just felt like an easy win. Yeah, you've got to give yourself the odd softball. And I said it, London would be in the bottom three on home track. It is. Only Belfast and Aberdeen are below it. And you additionally said that London would fall in the value. It has. It's down by half a percent, according to home track, which is the measure that we use for our city level predictions. So that gives us a nice boost, a nice bit of momentum going into what's probably going to be the trickiest part of this show, which is our predictions around interest rates and inflation. So let's have a listen to those if we must. So with inflation first, I think it's going to finish the year at a rate of below 5%. And as a result of that inflationary pressure coming off, I think interest rates are going to be relatively contained. I don't think we're going to see any more big increases like we've had over the last year. So I'm saying that the base rate is going to peak below 4.5% and end the year below 4%. So my interest rates prediction is similar. I'm maybe just going to say the same, but in a different way, (laughs) which is that as we record this today, interest rates at 3.5%, I believe that they will go no more than a percent higher like you do, Rob, and they'll be somewhere between 35 and 4.5% by the end of the year. But with inflation, I'm not going to make a real prediction. I'll just comment to say it will be less than last year in 2022, which I don't think is a big prediction. But then again, a bit of volatility in the world could see that wrong. Okay, Rob. Well, let's start with the good news. We were correct on inflation. That's great. It's 4.7 and falling. But I think this is the most wrong we've probably ever been on the predictions in all the years that we've done it on base rates. I hope nobody put any bets on based on what we said. I really hope you don't put bets on anything we say. But the predictions on base rates were just way off, way, way off. Yeah, the only consolation I can think of is pretty much everyone's got this wrong. I don't think anyone anticipated the pace or the magnitude of base rate rises that we saw. And I think partly that's extrapolation bias. Your tendency is always to think that the way things are now is going to carry on in the future with an odd tweak. It's really hard to spot turning points, inflections. So coming off 14 years of pretty much zero interest rates, it's just so hard to believe that you're going to north of five. And we clearly didn't overcome that bias. So massively wrong on the base rate. But at least we managed to redeem ourselves slightly with inflation to make that section a bit less of a disaster. We love sharing our knowledge with thousands and thousands of people on this podcast. But sometimes it's nice to have a smaller group as well. And that's what Property Hub Select is all about. With Property Hub Select, we're able to put on extremely high quality, exclusive in-person events 
and interactive online masterclasses that helps our ambitious members approach property investment on a whole different level. And the best thing is Property Hub Select costs nothing at all. It's all free for our clients. So to find out if it could be right for you, just visit propertyhub.net slash select. So moving away from property now, we for some reason decide to make predictions on other markets. I don't know why we punish ourselves each year. I really struggle to record this episode. But we also looked at the FTSE 100 and made some predictions there. So let's have a listen. The time of recording, it is at 7699. I'm going to go lower again. I'm not going to put a number on it. I'm just going to say lower. Not for any particular reason, other than same reason as last year. The FTSE 100 always seems to disappoint. The FTSE 100 is a really interesting one. I think it'd be similar to property. I think it's going to have a, a tricky first quarter. So I don't know why I'm even putting my neck on the block and making this harder for myself, but I think Q1 will be down. I think at some point there'll be a 10% correction, either where it's from now or at some point later in the year. But I, I can see that happening. I can see that volatility being in the market in the next 12 months. And I think overall for the year, I think it will be down. But I think the first half of the year will be the worst half of the year for the FTSE. Wow, I've just made a six-month prediction as well. I'm starting to like this episode, Rob. This is coming out much better than I thought it would. I'm going to be honest. So another tick in the box. The FTSE did go lower. It's gone from 7699 to, at the time of recording, 7512. So the coin toss of a prediction that I made came off. And Rob, I've gone back and checked the data. There has not been a 10% correction in the FTSE 100 at any point this year. But you did also say down, so that's correct. And you also did talk about volatility. And that has definitely been the case. It's been a very choppy market this year. So even though you didn't get the 10%, the call on it being a volatile market rather than one of those years where you have a big collapse or you have things just going roughly smoothly up, that is definitely correct. Yeah, during the year, the peak to trough is around 9 point something percent by the looks of it. So... Yeah, not right, but I'm not embarrassed, so I'll take that. But there's still time for embarrassment because we looked at the, I don't know whether we can call it an asset class, but we looked at Bitcoin and we made predictions there. And this is what we had to say. I think you're not going to hear much about Bitcoin this year, but... I think it's actually going to be one of the better performing assets of the year. So one Bitcoin is worth currently about 17,000 US dollars. I think it's going to finish the year above 20,000 US dollars. But I think it's going to get there without much excitement. So I think this year, Bitcoin at some point will go up by at least 20%. And at some point this year, it will also fall by at least 20%, which is volatile. And you may go, well, it's Bitcoin, of course it will. But if that was any other asset class, that would be an incredibly wild year. But for Bitcoin, that's kind of the norm. And that's why I want to make this prediction. I think it will continue, even though it'll be a quieter year, to still be volatile. Mostly correct, Rob. You were right. It did finish above $20,000. In fact, it's around 30000 today. So very much correct. And I made the prediction that it would go up by at least 20%. It did, but it didn't fall as much as 20%. There were falls throughout the year because it's Bitcoin. It's up and down. It's all over the place, but none quite as big as 20%. So I will take that. Interestingly, Rob, though, you've made a note that the volatility with Bitcoin has actually been a historic low. So even though it jumped bouncing all over the place, if it was any other asset class, it would be considered a bit of a bonkers years for Bitcoin. It was 
quite placid. It was far more so than in any previous year. And Bitcoin's interesting because over the last 18 months or so, it's had virtually everything thrown at it, including a whole load of things that aren't actually Bitcoin's fault, like exchanges collapsing and all that kind of thing. And it's still trucking along. If you're not someone who's got much of an interest in Bitcoin, you probably haven't heard about it this year. And that's probably the best indicator that it's had a reasonable year and a much calmer year. So overall, Rob, that's not bad, is it? It's actually dangerous because it's filling me with false confidence to go on and make a whole series of wild predictions even further beyond my areas of knowledge next year. You know what, Rob? I'm very, very happy with these results. And you may have listened to this and gone, oh, well, that's not hard. Honestly, try it. Write down what you think will happen for 2024 and then review it. You don't have to podcast about it. You don't have to go public with it, but write it down because it is a lot harder than you may think. In fact, I've dug up an article from last year to see what others were predicting for this year. And actually, I can't find many correct predictions. The Bank of England, who controlled the base rate, remember, made predictions around interest rates for this year and got it wrong. So the people who control the interest rates predicted a peak of 4.75. They were wrong with their own data. I mean, that tells you a lot And for those who predict property prices, well, Savile's predicted a 10% drop in property prices this year. A long way off. You know, I wouldn't want to be that wrong. But they're not alone. Savile's weren't even the worst. Capital Economics, who we've featured many times on this podcast, predicted a fall of 12% this year and actually said that it could plummet up to 20%. No wonder they get in the press with big numbers like that but they couldn't have been more wrong so lots of people try their hand at this i tell you what though very few will review what they say maybe buoyed by some success this year with our predictions or just because we're consistent we will deliver our predictions for next year in january so you can all listen and laugh at long at what we have to say Yeah, I think the key point is, if you've not listened to this show before, this episode is not normally a victory lap. This is significantly better than we did last year and better than I can remember us doing for quite a long time. But that's not the point. The point is that we do come back and mark our own homework. And I think, like you said, Rob, that is so important for everyone to do. We happen to do it publicly, but that doesn't matter. It's worth doing it for yourself and then coming back and revisiting it. Because over time, you'll correct patterns in your thinking, you'll become more accurate, and you'll also, probably most importantly of all, become more humble in your ability to make predictions. And if you can acknowledge to yourself that you can't predict the future and therefore start investing in such a way that it doesn't matter what happens... That's probably the best thing you can do for your financial future. The second best thing you can do, though, is subscribe to the Property Podcast. So if you haven't yet, make sure you do, because we've got a few episodes to wrap up the year with. But then we start so strong in January. We're bringing you more podcasts than we normally do. We're giving you extra in January. So make sure you're subscribed. And we're going to be doing the same over at YouTube. So make sure you're subscribed there. It's Property Hub uk but we will be back because we never miss a week with the podcast next thursday doesn't matter what the date is we will deliver you a property podcast so make sure you join us then take care everyone have fun bye-bye bye-bye